Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of the Basement Ballers podcast. I am Kareem. Ibrahim, man. And we are back with some more football. The international break is done. And finally, we get to watch some real Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, whatever. European football is back. And we are more excited than ever to bring more content to you guys. And uh, we're going to start with talking a bit about the Premier League. Because news just in about a couple hours ago, maybe. Graham Potter has been sacked from Chelsea. Yeah, I didn't even... What do you think, man? You what, what do you think? Yeah, so I think that uh, it was so dumb. I thought it was so dumb because basically, like from my perspective, is that they attacked them to to be more competitive within in terms of Champions League because they already realized, hey, we're eleventh in the league. We're not really gonna be that much of a contender for the, anything related to the Premier League, but we're trying to kind of get an upper hand in the Champions League. But what you, the only thing that I th- feel like you've done is you're basically getting ready to bring in a new coach. Uh, and he's just going to be new. He's going to be basically inexperienced with the squad. And you're going to say, hey, buddy, you're going to go and uh, face off against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Good luck with that. Good job, Chelsea. Yeah, I don't I'm pissed. I'm so pissed. Why are you pissed? Because, man, Chelsea are actually going to get better. I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe. I'm serious, but they were so shit under pod that I just wanted them to keep. It's like when Man United had, had uh, uh, Ollie, right? When they had, when they had Solskjaer, I, when they sacked him, I was so pissed off. Mm-hmm. Cause like you know that they're so shit, you just want them to stay because I just get to make fun of them. Yeah, you feel me? Like okay, not. Nah, but in, in actuality, I think is well, I think if you're talking from the f- uh, like a footballing, the footballing side, yeah, it's the, it was the right thing to do. I think just on a financial side, it's fucked because like they had to pay Brighton like I think at least like t- I think they paid Brighton like fifteen million to get him. They spent over three hundred million on him, something around that. Now, granted, a lot. Of the, I feel like a lot, half the players they got weren't actually players that Potter wanted because, mm-hmm. like for example, Mudrik barely plays, Madueke barely plays, even Badia Shield doesn't play that much. Like a lot of the players they did get, the, like the only player they got in January that actually does play is Jao Felix, who's a lone player, and um, Enzo Fernandez. I feel like. No, I'm mistaken. I don't think any of the players they really got in January they're playing that much for the moment. So like I think they spent all that money. And now they had to pay him out, and they signed him to a five-year contract just to sack him. And on top of that, a lot of the contracts they gave to the players they bought were like eight, nine-year contracts. So like, like, I don't know. They're, they they wasted a lot of money. Like like I said, on a footballing side, it makes sense because Potter's shit. But like on a on a financial side, I think it's I think it's so fucked. I think so too, and I think that you mentioned this last week. And for anybody who tuned into last week's show, we talked a little bit about this. I think the Mudrik signing was really just a big fuck you to like uh, Arsenal. Yeah. Um, because like, I'm not complaining. You're not complaining because you guys signed Trossard, and like he's been doing work for you guys, you know. Uh, and so Arsenal's kind of sitting here laughing, like you know, London is red. Chelsea's sitting here crying because mm. they just spent six hundred million on players that. Don't know how to play, don't know how to score, don't know how to finish. So I'm, yeah, I'm scared for one reason though, mm-hmm. is because I mean I know it's like superstition and shit. Uh, yeah, I was going, I was on Twitter earlier and I, was, I saw this right. The last time Chelsea, well, first of all, you need to keep in mind, every, Chelsea won the Champions League twice, and each time they won the Champions League, it's because they sacked their manager mid-season. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, they sacked the Villas Boas mid-season. Yeah, they ended up winning the Champions League. 2021, they sacked Lampard midseason. They got two shells. Then they ended up winning the Champions League. This year, they sacked... I mean, they sacked two shells, sacked Potter, and now are appointing someone else. I mean, apparently, it's Nagelsmann. I don't know. My thing is, like, you know, if they get a third Champions League, on top of the fact that one person pointed out that 
that before they sacked Village Bosch, they had also lost at home to Aston Villa, and then that's when they sacked them, and then they sacked Potter after losing at home to Villa yesterday. So like, look, I don't. Th- I mean, I'd 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 be insanely surprised if they won the Champions League, but bro, like if it's obviously not in the realm of uh, or not outside the realm of possibility, I should say. But at the same time, I feel like it's it's going to be quite the task because uh, basically Fabrizio Romano released this, uh, a statement like a, a little while ago saying that like uh, Julian Nagelsmann is like the front runner for that position. And I just don't know. Uh, well, I mean, he, he's a very qualified coach. I mean, he's a young coach and he might be able to deal with a lot of those like younger signings, mm-hmm. uh, which which is a benefit for Chelsea. I just think that the time is not going to be in his favor and it's, it's, and it's going to make him look bad if Chelsea doesn't do anything. But should it, though? I don't feel like it should. Like, I feel like whoever they end up signing, um, it shouldn't really speak to their ability as a coach. Yeah, but I told you just earlier, man, Chelsea just have a... Chelsea's success over the last 20 years has essentially just been... They spend they spend money, they sack managers, new manager bounce, they end up winning trophies. Like, that's pretty much what they've always done. That, Chelsea's the only club I've ever seen that actually just sacks managers constantly and actually get better. Yeah. Like, they sacked Mourinho midseason... And then the, uh, in 2016, then the next year, they, they got Conte. They won the league. Mm-hmm. Without that time, with a record points total as well. Mm-hmm. They said, like, they, they just have a history of doing that. That's the thing. So, honestly, from a Chelsea point of view, I mean, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be insanely happy. I don't think, I think at this point, I doubt anyone actually still wanted Potter. No, no. Way. And I, I was obviously, like, all over Chelsea Twitter the last couple of days because I was making fun of them. So, uh, I know that the, the general consensus from the fans is that they wanted him gone. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of them will be happy, uh, especially if they do end up signing a, a manager like, uh, like Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann yeah, they, they, that'll, I think that'll put a smile on a lot of Chelsea fans' faces. And, like, I think for me, though, I'm, I'm happy we got kind of this year to make fun of Chelsea fans, make fun of Chelsea, because I feel like, like it's really hard <laughs> to keep them down over the long term. I think that they do come back next year a lot better, a lot stronger. Um... So, yeah, like, I don't know. No, because they have, <coughs> they got two choices to me that, like, would make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially, okay, because if you're going to go for the profile, you could go for <coughs> Nagelsmann because he is young and new and stuff. So, that'd be exciting. But in terms of the uh, some of the players Chelsea have, I would go maybe for Luis Enrique. If I was Luis Enrique, and, like, even if, if they in plan on prolonging that the, the signing of a new manager, because they do have an interim manager now, I believe it it's, is... It's Potter's uh, assistant. What's that? Um, I forgot his name. It's Potter. Hold on. Let me... Who's the assistant? I need to check this out, because... I forget what his name is, but... Uh, did it... Juan? No. Yo, his name was... Uh... I need to look this up, man. Hold on. Give me, give me a second. Uh, hmm, I have to say. But point is, I, I'm cheesed they sacked him, though. Yeah, let's see. Um, I can't find the assistant. Anyway, name, it, it's not really he's super relevant. Like, no they name. basically, like, uh, he's an interim manager. But does Chelsea's, like, kind of uh, hold on to him and, and say, like, wait for a guy like Ancelotti to become available, for example? No, 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 or no, no, you, no, no. Or do no, you no, just no, sign no. somebody right away? They do not take him. No, 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 no. They have, they, they take them. They take Nagelsmann and Enrique. Those are, only, those are the only two that they should take. Okay. And so I don't know, man. You don't, you don't even take a chance on a guy like Conte? All right, sorry, sorry. That was, that was a bad joke, bad joke, bad joke. No, they are, they are, bro. Well, okay, because when they had Conte last time, it was under, like, the previous ownership. So, like, maybe what Chelsea fans want to back. I don't know, because Conte has a thing where, bro, like, he goes into a team for one year. It's it's roses, and, mm. you know, peach and shit. And everyone's, like, gassing them off. And then uh, the year after, it just ends up 
flop. And the thing is, with Conte as well, this is the issue with him. And it's it's a thing. Each club he's ever coached, it's always been his theme. He's a good league manager, but he's a shit cup competition manager. Like, for example, okay, so at Chelsea, he did win the FA Cup. But, for example, he's never made it past the Champions League quarterfinals with any team. He And he's coached Juventus, Chelsea, Inter Milan. I mean, Spurs. But, like, yeah. Point is, like, he he's... um. There's a lot. He he's very bad in the Champions League. Like his record is really shit. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So like, if I'm Chelsea, I, I would take me. If I'm Chelsea, my number one option is not goes. My number two is Enrique. Besides that, like, I would I wouldn't want anyone else to be honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, I mean, I think uh, um, Chelsea has a lot to figure out. So we're gonna let them figure out for a while. But uh, uh, I'm so it's, pissed. it's time, I think, to move on to some of our our matchups this week. Uh, we still have Tottenham versus Everton tomorrow, which we're obviously not able to talk to, talk about because we are filming this on Sunday. But we have most of the the this week's Premier League matchups kind of wrapped up, and so I did want to touch a little bit on City and Liverpool, which is just <laughs> why are you laughing, bro? The <laughs> City versus Liverpool, uh, which obviously broke my heart a lot, guys. <laughs> it's not that I don't think it's that funny, but all right. Uh, anyway, so City City defeat Liverpool four one, and it it seemed like to everybody that it was really a battle to have. The first half, you feel like Liverpool's a little bit competitive. They're kind of keeping it. They're, they're the ones that they, they open the scoring in the first half. So um, you feel like they're doing a good job, but then City kind of like regroup in the, in the halftime and just say like, all right, guys, these guys are really like exploitable Bro. defensively and exploit like their midfield is really exploitable. So that's what we're going to do. And that's exactly what they did to us. So. Bro, they... You, did you fucking... Did you see Trent's defending for the first goal? Did you see? Did you yeah, see, did you see I, I saw. I saw Trent defending, defending for a lot of the goals. <laughs> did you see? Um, no, yeah, the first goal he was he was just standing like he had like his two arms like this, just doing like. Yeah, but this, I like, I, uh, I read this and I don't know how accurate it is, but it was like someone like out of every loss that Liverpool has had this season, yeah. like eight of those, like the man of the match was the guy that played on the right on the left wing or something like. Bro, that. Bro, yeah, like, because you, I could play left wing against Trent and I'd cook him. I'm telling you, what did, I told you this, what, what was it, last week? I told you, Trent cannot defend. I think, And, no, like, I, everyone knows that, but the thing is, is, like, it's so obvious, like, it's, he got, he's been exposed so badly this year. Yeah, no, like, he has, bad. he has been, but I feel like uh, Trent is, the, he's he's young enough to, to be able to, to work on his game. I think, I think what really, he just needs help. I think Trent needs help in the midfield. I think that's what he needs. He needs a solid DM. Yeah, he needs yeah, a yeah. solid couple he, midfield. I think, like, like. When all everything is said and done by the end of the season, sure, maybe you look for a, a backup right back because Trent does play a lot of minutes and you kind of want to give him that chance to have a break. But I think more, more of a pressing issue is we need at least four or five. I mean, at least four different midfielders. And I would like really implore them to like go after a guy like Declan Rice, mm. somebody to, who's a solid DM that would love to play for our club. I feel like that would really help change the ties obviously jude bellingham is one but like jude bellingham is one of those yeah, guys where like, i really doesn't... want him but i feel like he's gonna end up breaking my heart you know like dog i don't think not nah, because for the price he's quoted at is 150 million would you would you buy fsg would not i don't feel like fsg is like, cheap as well they're, they're cheap and i feel like like obviously we're, we are planning in my opinion to, to get rid of a lot of pieces over the summer mm. like firmino's gone uh, I think Oxlade is gone. He has to be. Yo, you um, guys you guys need to sell your whole midfield except Kate probably. Kate is gone. Uh, Mil- Milner is going to be out of there probably. Nah, so. apparently Klopp wants to renew him. 
I don't maybe maybe for leadership maybe for like yeah I guess apparently Klopp wants to I mean he's a, he's a utility player That's he's not he's like yeah. I I respect his game a lot but I feel like it's just he's just not up to the standard that we expect out of a Liverpool player like well yeah but no you don't start not for me if I'm if I'm a Liverpool fan I would I would do this I'd get a backup right back because I don't know because I think the issues are your midfield mostly but look Van Dyke. Has, has not been the same at all this year. So I'm not saying replace Van Dyke, but things. I will look the most out. You get a backup right back, that's for sure. Then midfield, well, okay, you need, if you need someone like a Jew Bellingham, he he covers your, um, he plays as more of like the Henderson slash Cater. He, he's like a number eight kind of, you like a solid DM. Yeah, you could probably get Declan Rice. Me, I don't know why you guys didn't go out for either Casemiro or uh, Enzo Fernandez. I've told you that before. That would have been like. I mean, bro, I don't run the club, so I don't know what you said. That would perfect. I think, I think you, you guys need a solid DM for me. There's that Canceto guy. He plays with Brighton. You guys could get him. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys need at least one DM. If, if I'm you guys, maybe I would keep Fabinho as a backup, get, like, a DM to start. I would get three, three like, midfielders box to boxes because the only one who's actually good is Thiago, and he's injury-prone. Harvey Elliott, shit. Henderson is, like, he's he shit. Friggin' um, Keita, shit, he's leaving. Ox, he shit. I mean, Curtis Jones. Apparently, you guys are bringing back Curtis Jones for next year. Curtis Jones yeah, is, Curtis, uh, Curtis is terrible. Curtis Jones plays a lot more on the left. Yeah, but mm, like, so he I, does like, play as a midfielder. I, would, I, I wouldn't keep him because we have so many like players that play on the left on our team. We got Diaz. We got Gakpo. We got Nunez that can play on the left. We got Jota that can play on the left. We have a lot of players. That that, that position... like it, You guys are missing wingers, though. You got, no, wait. You guys are missing right wingers because besides Hamad Salah, who would you put as a right winger to like replace him or like, to basically play as a backup? Yeah, no. That, that's you a, that's guys a very, need we a backup. We don't have a really... Like, you, you, got, you guys need that, bro. You guys need like probably seven players. You guys are probably... You guys probably need three players that could for start like you guys probably need three new players to who could be starters and you guys probably need like four bench players but that's what makes me nervous because i feel like like everybody knows the ownership knows that we need like a like a not a complete we don't need a complete revamp but we need we need a revamp in certain areas right Mm. um but i don't know if they're gonna be willing to fork over the dough like i feel like it's Uh, just gonna be something where like yeah no they're cheap they're cheap yeah no they are cheap so um Anyway, it is what it is I in terms know. of Liverpool right now. Um, basically, we're looking towards, like, I, I feel like top four is possible, but it's started to become really, like, hard to imagine. Especially because I feel like yeah. Newcastle's playing, like, like especially after today. Manchester United, oh, well. Uh, especially after today. Um, the, Newcastle does seem like like uh, front runners for that fourth or th- even third. No, no, they're making fourth. I, don't, I think Man United still finished third. Um, but anyway, so so I think Liverpool is really needs to just be focused on that summer transfer window. Yeah, but like I said earlier, man, did I don't for you guys, man. It's because even when you guys spent money, it was mainly players. Like you guys had to sell players to spend money. Like for example, you guys sold Coutinho to Barca for 150 million. That's why you guys went and got Van Dyke and Allison, for mm-hmm. example, like stuff like that. Like FSG are not really the types who are gonna go and like Invest. spend yeah. big money. Like okay, they spent a lot of money on Nunez, sure, but that's because you guys also got rid of Mane, so you had to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm a if I'm Liverpool. I don't know. But speaking of City, let's move to Arsenal now. Yeah, so Arsenal, um, they played against Leeds, Leeds on Saturday. Uh, they beat them four one, and uh, Jesus was back. Yeah, but the flat. It was a. Fl- I don't know if you watched the game. It was a flattering scoreline because because Leeds the first half, especially the first like thirty minutes, were on our ass. Like we could, Rams out to pull off like two really good saves. Like we could have been down probably one two. Because even the goal we got before half was a was a penalty. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like 
Leeds play well, so like the scoreline does kind of flatter us a bit. But I will say, going to the Jesus thing, because I know people mention his goal scoring record. His goal scoring record isn't like wow to be honest. It's like I, but it's like meh. But the thing is with him is that he just he makes the attack move so much more fluidly. Because I I wouldn't say we missed him necessarily because even when he was out, we've still been able to maintain our position at the top and we've still been able to like get wins stuff like that. But what I will say is that he does bring something different because. He, he he can pretty much alternate between the whole front line, between left, right, central. He just kind of moves around, which kind of creates more space for our wingers to go through, which also makes space for, like, for example, Xhaka's goal was as a consequence of that because Jesus is making movement. He's dragging defenders with him, mm-hmm. and then Xhaka can just go through the middle, and he can score the header. That's what I'm saying. Like, he he does that better than anyone else on the team can, which is why, like, when Enkedia, even though he was scoring when he was backing him up, Enkedia doesn't offer the same as Jesus because he can't really he, – he doesn't have the sauce. He does not. He does. He's not really. He's not saucy like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I will say. But I think for Arsenal' point of view right now, we still have. Well, we play you guys next week. Actually, we play Liverpool next week at next, Anfield. Uh, Sunday? Yeah, next Sunday. Next I Sunday, think. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that game we have to. I mean, they've beat. I mean, Liverpool have beaten, um, like Man City and Man United at Anfield this year. You know, seven zero with Man United. But the, I don't know. Honestly, the thing is, like Liverpool are so hot and cold i don't actually know for me i think arsenal are gonna win that but like i'm not gonna i think say it's 100%. tough i think because like like in previous years you could really say liverpool anfield that's a, like a lot of teams will tell you that's a scary prospect yeah right? but this anymore, year man. it's just like you know it's it's not the same like you don't i don't feel like, i don't think any liver it's free eats it's baby food i mean i don't know about that you know it's baby food it's free eats yeah, we'll, we'll see next sunday bitch it's free. uh <laughs> but <laughs> Anyway, Liverpool at Anfield this season feels a bit more of like a toss-up. Like, obviously, you do feel some confidence if you're playing at home, but you're not as confident as you would be in previous years, I think. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, that's a game that Arsenal can definitely win. I, um, if, if I'm not looking at it from a perspective of, like, a Liverpool fan, I would want Arsenal to win only because I want them to clear Man City. I really do not want Man City to, to, to surpass Arsenal this year. Yeah, I know, man. There's a, there's a lot of... I cannot stand those bitches, bro. Yo, I don't know, man, but Man City win the league is so inconsequential. Like, for me, Man City win the league, I don't care. But if Liverpool, Man United, or Chelsea win the league, I hate it. Like, Man City win the league doesn't piss me off because, like, who the fuck supports Man City? Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not uh, I'm not out here getting memed and bantered in real life on Twitter and shit by Man City fans because they don't exist. I've never met one Man City. Like, in real life, I've never met one Man City fan. Fox. Like... Liverpool, Chelsea, all of them, bro. Like, most of my friends are Chelsea and Man United fans. There's a few Liverpool fans, but they're mostly Chelsea and Man United fans. So, like, if they actually do shit, then you have to hear about it. But I don't give a fuck Man City wins. I feel like Man City is a team that a lot of people like. Yeah. Like, like if it's Man City, like, I, I was... Uh, they're such an inconsequential team. I was watching, like, obviously Liverpool, Man City, and I was on Twitter. And, like, people that are not, like a fan of either mm. are more likely to cheer for Man City. Yeah, like for me, when they were going with Liverpool for the last like five years, every time it was between them and Liverpool, I always wanted Man City to win. Yeah. Because like, I, exactly. I like I don't want Because you feel win. like it's very similar to what you're saying. Like you feel like, okay, whatever, they win. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's so, like, you know, like who no, cares? Well, you're not going to hear banter from nobody. Like, who nobody cares? Really cares. Like, I don't, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know, but I want to move on to this real quick because this is still relatively new. The uh, Man Man United uh, Newcastle game. Did you did you get to watch that or no? Yeah, so I did watch yeah. it. Um, I I missed a little bit of the first half, but the first half was kind of like back and forth. Man, obviously, like it wasn't like super um, De decisive. De Gea pulled off like a mad like a crazy ass double save. I don't know if you were able to see that. He basically, um, I think it was I don't know if it was Callum Wilson. Some some dude had a, had the ball. He saved it. 
and he's on the ground. Some guy shoots at him, then he like dives and saves the ball again or something like. No, I was that for that was first, that was first time. Yeah, Man United should have been down like they lost two zero, but they should have been down probably two zero at the half. Like mm-hmm. they were they were getting cooked. Like they should not have won that game at all. They got cooked. I uh, know exactly. No, they didn't. And in Newcastle, Newcastle game. basically decided that in the second half they were really gonna go for it because even after they scored the first goal, which was to be fair, it was so nice. It was like. Yeah, it was like basically like um, like header juggling, mm-hmm. like United. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, anyway, so but even after they scored the first goal, it didn't even seem like Man United was pressing or like they they even no, looked they, like they were they, gonna score a goal. They seemed dead. They seemed yeah. super dead. Yeah. Like you know, Anthony gets subbed off in like the sixty fifth minute. Like, yeah, I didn't, get, I didn't get, that. I didn't get that. You know who who's. Um, nah, it's because he was replaced by Sancho. I like, I didn't I didn't get some of the calls that were being made. Um, because even he, the subs that he made I thought were weird because he subbed off yeah, Martinez uh, and Varane brings on Lindelof. He brought on like Fred with like ten minutes left. Yeah. Like, I, I I didn't get the subs because like you said the Anthony Sancho thing. Like, th- well first of all uh, they're both shit. But like at least Sancho not Sancho at least Anthony will like tra- tracks back he tracks back and defends. Yep. Like he will put in like the work off ball like he'll defend stuff. He draws like that. he draws defenders when he's in when he's uh running out. Yeah. Like, he, Sancho he, the thing is with him he doesn't defend track back nothing. Yeah. I don't know I th- I thought like some of the, the decisions were were a little bit questionable. Now obviously United are in fourth they they're tied for points I think they both have 50, they they've played 50 they they both they're both on fifty points after twenty seven games yeah. but Newcastle only have Premier League to focus on they don't have um. They don't have any other games to focus on, really. Yeah, and like, the goal differential probably. is insane between like the difference. Yeah, because I need to check. Man United's goal differential is really it's like five. It's not that great. <laughs> it's Let me not check. solid. It's like five, mm. and then the uh, Newcastle has like a twenty-five goal differential or something like that. Yeah, like I need to. Hold on, let me let me see this. So Man United right now, yeah. So they're fourth with a only plus four goal difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle are on fifty points. Same t- same points after the same amount of games. Uh, Newcastle have a twenty-two plus goal difference. Where where it really goals, makes a yeah. difference, where it really makes a difference, I'll tell you, is the defense because they both have the same amount of goals scored. Yeah. But Man United have conceded thirty-seven goals. Yeah, Newcastle exactly. only conceded nineteen. Exactly. No, Newcastle's obviously being the much more superior defensive team. Mm. Um, and I think that they looked throughout the entire game. They looked like they were the team that should have won, and they did win, and they pulled mm. it off. And I think that. Um, whether or not like Man United um, can get back into that third spot is is, is obviously think, up to how they bounce back, right? I, th- I think they still make it. They have a better manager and they have better like a better team essentially. Like I think, I think they still make it. But the thing is, Man United though is honestly, man, what was it? That was this this one tweet pissed me off, man. It was this is back in uh, mid February, so Arsenal won fifty four points, Man City won fifty two points, and Man United won forty nine points, mm-hmm. and Man United had a game in hand. And the tweet was basically like, oh, um, should Man United be considered title challengers? Then, like, and I know, Man United fans are going to keep denying this. No, no, I have friends. I'm not going to name it, but I have friends. I've seen people on Twitter. I've seen all that mid February hit rolled up talking about, oh, yo, we could challenge for the title. We could do, do this. And it's like, since, since that tweet, they've gotten one point out of their, mm-hmm. they've gotten one point. Arsenal have had 18 points yeah. since that tweet. And I think that they re- today they were really missing Rashford on, uh, on, on the offense. So, like, I don't know. It's obviously like, this is something really tough to call. No, Rashford um, played, didn't he? No, I don't think Rashford was, was Rashford. Uh, he did. I mean, they missed him because anonymous performance. But no, he played. I'm pretty sure he played. Bro, that's crazy. I did he get subbed off? Yeah, yeah, that? Rashford did play. Yeah, 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 bro. Rashford got subbed off, and uh, he didn't get subbed off. No, he played the full game. Yeah, bro, I did not see him, bro. Rashford played. Rashford see played. That, brother. All all game, I did not see. Wait, him, Rashford bro. is. A, so I'm gonna say his little purple patch of form, but I keep people keep trying to tell me like Rashford this, Rashford that. Now, nah, bro, like yeah. Rashford's only good when he's playing against freaking headless defenders. But he just pulls up to them. 
uses bare pace and he has a good shot and he has pace. That's it. Like, bro, he's not he's not an intelligent player. Like, for example, why I think I think it's a dumb comparison as well because Rashford's like twenty five, Saka's twenty one. But why do I think Saka's better? Because Saka's actually an intelligent player. Uh-huh. Rashford, the thing is with him is like, what's his name? He's not a smart like he he has pace. He has pad, like he's a shot and shooting. He's good dribbling. He's decent. Okay, but like he he's not like a smart player. I don't feel. Yeah, no, I feel like that's actually like quite a like a big comparison that people have been making over the last couple of weeks. But it's a dumb comparison. Um, between Saka and Rashford because they have been both on form and both playing really well. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that it, it, every week it becomes clear to see that Saka just creates more for your team. Bro, he's more of like a, he he's does more of a like trainer. he's he's more complete. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, um, he 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 creates openings for his teammates because like he again he draws defenders to, to because they want to get the ball off him obviously because he has a lot of skill. He can he can mm. maneuver. He can do. He's really agile. So I th- and he was shot, bro. Oh my god! Against uh, who did they play in the? Uh, England, who'd they play that? Oh, uh, Ukraine, yeah, yeah, Ukraine, yeah. bro. Oh my God, he sauced that shit. So yeah, uh, yo, that no, Saka, was uh, R one finesse. Saka is getting to that point where honestly he can be in, in discussions of like one of the best wingers in the world. But obviously we're gonna talk. Well, about he is among he is among the best wingers in the world. Now, is he the best? I mean, we'll that's, talk that's about that's that a debate later for sure. On. Yeah, we, we have we have a couple of uh, of of discussions to have a little bit of hot takes that we're gonna talk about later on. Yeah, we're gonna. Um, but for now, that's kind of, I guess, the, the bulk of our Premier League roundup. We have three new, uh, the new relegation three are, as of now, Everton, uh, Leicester, and Southampton. I swear, Everton? Not Everton, uh, West Ham. I swear, West, West Ham, Ham, Leicester, and Southampton. Oh, yeah, we didn't actually touch up on this. I don't know if you saw that. They sacked Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, we didn't touch up on that. They sacked Brendan Rodgers. Do you think, yeah, I think, I think it is, um, I think it's warranted for sure because they're 19th in the yeah. league right now. But the thing is, I will say this. I've seen some Leicester fans talking like shit, talking about, oh, he should have been gone a long time ago, blah, blah, Bro, they were, Leicester were doing so good two years ago that people were trying to say, get Arsenal out of the top six and add Leicester to it. They also won an FA Cup over Chelsea two mm-hmm. years ago. Like, nah, nah, Brendan Rodgers, I think, first time at Leicester did well. People forget Leicester are not really, like, that team. Like, mm-hmm. they had, like, for two, three years, they were, like, sitting, like, in the top five, top six positions for the last two, three years. But now, bro, it's, I mean, they're not a relegation team either, but they're a mid-table team. Like, Brendan Rodgers had them punching above their weight for a while. Yeah. So no, people I, need to respect I, it. it need to respect it. Obviously, I think that, like you said, it, it was a warranted sacking. And it's it, warranted, it, yeah. They're not going to be doing anything. Obviously, they're, they're really looking bad. They're nah, really man, bad. I, I still don't think. I, I, I'm sticking with my prediction. I think I think it's Bournemouth. Um, well, Southampton's for sure is going to really good. I think it's Bournemouth, Southampton, and um, they want to the Palace? Pre- that's what you said last I think, year. yeah, I think it is, yeah. Crystal Palace beat them. That's the, the Crystal Palace did beat them, but, I mean, maybe the new manager bounced, but the thing is, is, like, I don't know, man. Like, like if not Crystal Palace, I think it's um either Nottingham Forest or Leeds. So, yeah, but, like, so what, just, West Ham, West oh, Ham, no, Leicester. Sorry. Look, I, 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 I was correct. Yeah. I was correct. The, the three in relegation right now are Everton, mm-hmm. Leicester, and Southampton. So, so that Everton, was, Everton's 18th? Everton's 18th now, yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, I don't think I think Everton Leicester are still not getting dry. I think it's gonna be um Southampton, Bournemouth, and either Leeds or Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. or maybe Crystal Palace. I don't, Everton, West Ham, and Leicester I think have too much quality in their team to actually get relegated. It would be kind of crazy to see. Yeah, all I don't. Of, I don't. All those, all those, I uh, think they're. I think they're, they're. Their teams are too good to get relegated. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of the players, they're too good to be relegated. Yeah. Compared to the teams they're fighting against. Agreed. So like, agreed. I, I, it's, it would obviously be quite the shock, but I think that like. Leicester has been so god awful the last like six seven games that I mean they've been god awful the whole season. But like yeah, they went I the beginning of the season. Can, like there's what ten games left in the season. I don't know if they have the the, the enough. Well, it depends to, on their to, what's their schedule look like. It really depends with it because have they appointed a new? Uh, that one, not not oh. that I know of. No, look, Leicester's remaining games will be against who? I need to let's see because it really depends on who they play. 
Because I don't think they have that many tough games left. Okay, so they play. Oof, damn. Um, Gadot's schedule is not like. T- okay, so they still have to play Villa, Bournemouth. They play Man City, Wolves, Leeds, Everton, Fulham, Liverpool, Newcastle, West Ham. They're playing a lot of their. They're playing. A, they're playing some of the teams they're playing against. Are, okay, so they're playing Bournemouth, Wolves, Leeds. And Everton, yeah. Actually, we didn't mention this. Wolves, matter of fact, where are Wolves at? Wolves are not even that safe, too. They're play, they play 29 games, so they're a game in hand on pretty much everyone else in the relegation battle, and they're on 28 points. Mm-hmm. So Wolves can be dragged into that, too. I don't think Wolves get relegated, but yeah, they're still Wolves. Fair enough. It's, bro, this, I think this is probably the craziest relegation battle I can remember. There's like seven different teams that There's you can be relegated. There's a lot of different teams that can go down there, and it's, it's like really hard to call at this moment. But, like, bro, like, honestly, it's rap- like, I feel like um these last 10 games are are shaping up to be quite exciting yeah it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be lit it's gonna be lit and you guys know where you're gonna tune in to find out more about what's going on in the premier league basement ballers podcast that's a little bit of a plug (laughs) but yeah i think uh, i think in terms of the premier league that that's kind of like the highlights i think i would say for this week um so we're gonna move on to uh yeah we gotta move on to this we gotta move on to the main club, man. The Barca. Main. We got to move on to that. So. We got to move on to Barca. So I think Brahim, because he is a Barca fan, we're going to let him uh, kick off what he yeah. wants to talk about this one, week. Yeah, no, the thing is with me right now is with Barca is I'm liking where we're at. Mm-hmm. But there is one thing that's it's plaguing me. It's uh, it's haunting me. Cause it's, uh, we, we've been shit in Europe for like nine years pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like we Since we won the Champions League in 2015, we got... We got pretty much embarrassed in like the last six years in the in the Champions League or Europa League because okay, 2016, 2017, we lost, but it wasn't like that bad. But 2018, Roma, 2019, Liverpool, 2020, Bayern, 2021, PSG. That's four years, and those are in the Champions League. Now, last year, get bounced in the Europa League by Frankfurt, then this year, got bounced by Man United, a piss poor Man United. Like, we did not, we should have beaten them mm-hmm. if Chavi was fucking up with the lineup. Yeah, we should have beaten them. Point is. Okay, maybe not piss poor Man United, but we still should have beaten them. But the mm-hmm. point is, right, me, the thing is, is that I'm looking at it right now, is I think Barca need probably, I think Barca right now just need probably three players. I think we, I think if with the right recruitment this summer, we can win the Champions League next year. I think next year we could win it. But the thing is, this is what I'm looking at. We need a backup right back, in my opinion, because we have our three center backs. No, sorry. We have well, we have Mark Salons who can play as a backup there too. We have four center backs we could have. So we have Kunde, uh, Christensen, Araujo, Marcus Alonso. Now, what do you do? You keep Balde and Alba as your left backs. Now we need a backup right back because what you do is you put Kunde as the right back. But if, for example, we have a bit of an injury crisis in the center backs, Kunde can play as the center back. So you put him there, but then we need a right back to cover him. So we need a backup right back. We need a player like a Gundogan or Bernardo Silva for Man City. I would love Bernardo Silva more, but he is going to cost way more. Gundogan will come for a free. Bernardo Silva will be at least 70, 80 million. But one thing I notice is whenever we don't have Pedri, our midfield looks terrible. We, we, need, we need someone who can replace what Pedri brings to us because our midfield looks terrible. Now, basically, we'll get on to that later. I mean, you guys already know it. I mean, it's messy. There are links. There's, there are links that Messi might come back. Now, if we were to get Messi back... That is a thing that I think covers for it. Because if we get Messi back, I don't think we put him as an attacker. We'd put him as a, we'd put him as um like in that in that mm-hmm. Pedri spot. Like we put him as a midfielder that can just kind of like a free role in the midfield basically. So you'd put him, you put Pedri, you could maybe put De Jong. I don't know like how it would work out, but we need someone who could cover for Pedri in the midfield. Mm-hmm. And right now, the way I'm looking at it is we have to sell one of our left wingers. So for me, it would be Ferran Torres. We'd sell him. And Sufati, I I don't know if he gets back to form, we keep him. But we need a we need a left winger now. There's links that we might get either Diaz from Liverpool, Son from Spurs, or um, 
There's a third player, man. Not for I think I heard, yeah, rumors of Martinelli, maybe. I don't know. Point is, for me, yeah, I would love either of those. I mean, I prefer Diaz or Son because I don't want Martinelli to leave Arsenal. But, like, you know. Yeah, that's fair. For me, that's the thing. We don't really need much for Barca to actually be like. Because our team is, well, we're top of the league by, what, 12 points because Madrid won earlier today. So, we're top of the league by 12 points. Um, the league, we're good. We can still get a league and cup uh, double because we won the Super Cup, but we won... We're going to win the league most likely. And if we get the Copa del Rey, that's like that's a domestic treble technically. So like that's a very good season. But for me, Champions League, we need to figure that out because I'm tired. Man. I feel that, brother. I feel that. Um, so obviously when you came up to me with this, with like when you wanted to talk about Barca, I thought of I would kind of like look into some of the players, some players that might be interested in coming to Barcelona, some players that are kind of like ready to lead their clubs. And one of them I thought was uh, interesting was uh, Pavard. On Bayern. So a, yeah, Do if you we think that a, a guy like Pavard would, would suit uh, a team like Barca? I don't know because Barca tend to employ right. We need like we need right backs who are more attacking minded. Mm -hmm. We need our attacking minded right backs. That's the thing. And if I'm Pavard is not really that like he's he's a he's a decent right like he's a hybrid between attacking and defending right back, but he's not necessarily great at either. Mm -hmm. He's decent now for me. My dream right back would be Cancelo. I would love Cancelo, but he went to Man City, got basically kicked out by Pep, and at Bayern, he's basically being kicked out as well. So, I mean, Tuchel came in, so I don't actually know if Tuchel's going to use it. I don't think so. The point is, he's having issues at his last two clubs, so to me, that saying was probably an attitude problem. Now, if he has an attitude problem, then no, I don't want him, but like, I'd look into it and see. Like for me, I don't know if, about that, bro. I, me, I think that with Cancelo, he's getting a little bit frustrated with the fact that he was basically like a a solid starter for Man City, and mm. he was he was a big reason as to why they were kind of so dominant in the Premier League the last couple of years, right? Mm. But he all of a sudden he 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 comes into this season, he's not playing as many minutes, and then he gets pushed to Bayern on a loan. And he's also not like kind of like in part of that like like overall plan at Bayern, right? But he started the first few games for them, and then suddenly he he got that's out. That's what the I'm saying. So like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe the attitude problem is kind of like being linked to that. Like maybe they were like saying like, honestly, you don't you, you don't deserve to start yeah. because you're kind of being a little shit. Mm -hmm. So that's possible, right? But but the thing is also as well is um so his dog died recently. His dog died. He had a dog, yeah. and his dog died. So people are trying to link it. Maybe there's that. Maybe he's been just like. That bad mood, depressed, whatever, which like understandable. Okay, his dog died, so like mm -hmm. maybe he's that. I don't know, but for me, in terms of just like the profile of player, my dream right back would be Cancelo. Now, if we had money, the Reese James, I'd love Reese James. Really, don't you think Reese James is a little injury prone? Yeah, no, that's that is the issue. It, it is his injury proneness, but like I'm saying, you get him. And you can have him and Kunde alternate. That's that's basically the plan because Kunde can also play right back. Now, mm. for me, dream would be Reese James, who's more attainable, Jao Cancelo. But one of those two I would love. Pavard, yeah. if like, it, it wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be like a bad sign necessarily. I don't think it'd be that big of a... Uh, you know, he's only 27. He, he's deep. No, no. He, like, I wouldn't be sad if we got Pavard. But for me, like, no, nah, first choice would definitely be Cancelo or mm -hmm. Reese James. For me. But Reese James, I don't. I, I think it's like damn near impossible we get him. But... And so then you you would say based on our discussion here you would say that you're kind of happy with your striker you're kind of happy with your your right well wing. for me right now yeah right wingers I'm chilling like Rafinha and Dembele for me that's solid I think Lewandowski maybe I don't know if you get a backup striker because apparently Aubameyang wants to come back on like very minimum wages yeah he didn't want to leave but the thing is Aubameyang and Lewandowski are both old though that's the thing so like Aubameyang's what 33 34 Lewandowski's 34 like I don't know like I would maybe. Take him as a 
backup right? because also if we it's a tough one like I think Lewandowski for me backup striker to me isn't necessarily that big of a priority for me the priorities have to be a midfielder who could kind of compensate for when Pedri gets injured because even Pedri is low-key getting a bit injury prone yeah a bit and it's a consequence of us playing him all the time. Why do we play him all the time? Because we don't have someone who can really replace his output. It's not necessarily his output in terms of stats. It's just like what he brings. Because, for example, Gavi, for example, I love Gavi. But Gavi doesn't bring what Pedri brings. Pedri's just so, like, he's saucy. He's so no, technically, he, uh, like, I think amazing. Right. He, he, he spent a couple, like, his first couple of years just playing. Yeah, playing, so his first playing, year at Barca, playing. don't you remember, bro? He played 72 games that yep. whole year. He played... Yep. Pretty much most every Barca game, and he also played every game for Spain of the Euros, bro. And he was what nineteen, like bro, yeah. they they dusted him. No, and people people get scared. People say like, honestly, these are these are signs, and I hope not. Of course, mm -hmm. knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But I hope that people are saying like, oh, these are signs of like a like a short career, because yeah, know, no, we we need to get someone who can basically get, it needs to be managed. Yeah. It, needs it needs to, to be managed. So we need to get another midfielder in. So yeah. for me, the priority would be a right back. A midfielder and a left winger. To mm -hmm. me, those are the priorities. And I think what's nice about Cancelo is that, like, what can kind of give you a little bit of hope is that if you watch him play for Portugal, he, he seems Amazing. like a different, like, yeah, you know. I mean, he was very solid this international break, and I think that that's mm -hmm. a really good prospect for you guys to think about. Um, but obviously, then you start to think about like the uh, the way that La Liga is kind of like obviously like putting restrictions on how much money you guys could spend. Yeah, that, that, pass draft and it's, like, it's bullshit. Yeah. It's the, the fucking... And so, like, I, I don't remember. I think that, like, I don't know if this was true, but is Gavi, like, have they approved this, the, the official signing of Gavi? Bro, so Gavi's new contract was approved, but the thing is, La Liga introduced this new rule. Keep in mind, this is a month after the, we, we registered him. Yeah. They made a new rule a month after we registered him that basically made our registration, like, I forgot the exact rule, but basically made our registration, like, null and void, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're basically arguing that his uh, new registration shouldn't be allowed to go through, even though they made this rule a month after we did it. So it's True. bullshit. And okay. the thing is, and bro, like I, we, I think we touched up upon this in the last podcast, or maybe the first one, bro. The the La Liga president is a Madrid fan, bro. I swear he's he's doing this shit, like under the previous regime we had that basically bankrupted us, and they're the reason why we were so shit for so long. He did not say a single thing. He basically said, oh, he even came out and said, I think Bar Bartomeu's doing a good job, whatever, whatever. He, like, that's the thing, but he's talking all the shit about Laporta. Why? Because Laporta's actually a, a good president. Mm -hmm. And it's pissed me off. Even, even, the, even the head of the Spanish uh, Federation came out and, uh, and basically told, uh, and basically uh, called out Tebas. I don't know if you saw that, what he said the other day. The, the head of the Spanish Federation called out Tebas the other day and basically told him, like... Um, he's showing favoritism. Like, he's showing favoritism. Also, a lot of the thing like... Let me pull out the direct quote that he said. The direct quote that he said was basically... Um, hold up. Let me, let me pull it up. Bro, what did he say exactly? He said... Um, uh... Yeah, basically. So the Spanish Football Federation denounces, yeah, Tebas for defamation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So basically, he announced that they will. They announced that they will denounce the legal president Javier Tebas for defamation because, um, what's his name? Yeah, because he was accusing other teams of match fixing. He was accusing Barca of match fixing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, what's his name? He basically said, "Oh, it's ignorant of him to basically claim that only Barca, that Barca are match fixing." Blah blah blah. He's basically calling. Basically, he's making the league like. And even if you notice, bro, unless you support Barca, no one watches La Liga. Like, no, like for us, for me, if I'm bored, I'll watch like a Premier League game, 
if I'm bored, even though it's not a team. But no one watches the league because, bro, especially under – he's been president for, uh, of the league for the last 10 years. It's not a marketable league, bro. He's mm-hmm. making the league tank. Like, in terms of its value, in terms of the players it can attract. Because besides Barca, Madrid, even maybe Atletico, who the fuck goes to La Liga? No uh, one. I know. Not, 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 uh, well, I don't want to say not willingly. It's not like uh, they're being, uh, Yeah, like, who the fuck goes to La Liga? Yeah, like, it's bullshit. But people don't dream of, like, playing for Sevilla, you know? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. So. No, yeah, no one wants to, like, everyone wants to go to, like, Premier League. No one yeah. wants to go to Spain. Like, that's the thing. And it's done, because that's a, pro- that's basically a consequence of his shit marketing. Because, mm-hmm. bro... The Premier League's getting all the TV deals. Premier League's getting all these deals with different companies, blah, blah, blah. That's why if you look at most teams, they don't have the money to spend. It's not even a Barca thing. Barca, because they're like them and Madrid, the biggest clubs in Spain, obviously it gets more highlighted. But there's a lot of teams that, for example, weren't able to register signings on time and do all these things because of the stupid house rules that La Liga has in place. Yep. That's the it's, thing. Um, at the moment, you, I think there's an annual spending fee of 600 million euros. It's dumb, bro. The Premier uh, League's out here spending the January window. They spent $2 billion. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, it's it, it obviously it, the, they call it financial fair play. It's bullshit. But in a, on a European level, is there really any fair play? In no, because, look like, at you look have a team Chelsea. like Barca. Barca can only like, like you have teams like Man City, right? And if they wanted to, right? they could buy anyone. They, they could they could change the whole team, yeah. right? Because and they're they're just them. that like stacked. Yeah. And you have teams like Man United. If they get bought out by the Qataris, yeah. they have like. Basically, free reign to do whatever they want because they're Man United, right? Mm. And they got the money. But you have, but then you have teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona, any team in La Liga that are basically forced to abide by these 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 financial rules, mm. and that means that ev- every year their their ability to change is limited. They have to basically deal with BS involving like some of their star players like Gavi, mm-hmm. and it's it, it on a European maybe on a La Liga level you could say there's financial fair play and it like it could it's make both, sense. It's hindering the league, but it hinders the league. It yeah. hinders the 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 player like the players that they could bring in because you can't really like if you were to make a big so- a signing like an Mbappe for Real Madrid, you're done. Alas, done. you can't delete. No, because that's the thing, bro. It's because. Because, okay, there's rumors that apparently we might go back for – we're going to get Messi. Because even the, the Barca's vice president came out and basically said that they were in contact with Messi and his agent, which his agent says dad. So I don't know why he just didn't say his dad. But point is mm-hmm. that they want to bring him back to the summer. So it's confirmed that Barca want to bring him back. But the thing is, what I'm thinking is, bro, like, in terms of finances, like, okay, I think Tebas would love Messi to come back to the Liga because, bro, the Liga doesn't have any marketable stars, no really. Because who, who do we have as, like – stars in our league we have other than the players that play for real and yeah because like okay benzema Lewandowski, like okay you, you have modric yeah. Vin, okay yeah but like still but you look at the premier league for example they have holland harry kane they have de bruyne they have the you know the odegaards they have um van dyke they have salah they have salah they have like all these things french league i mean you have one star you have uh, well actually well you have three actually sorry you have messi you have mbappe stuff like that but like, barca are not Barca Madrid, like the Spanish league in general, we're lacking stars. Like that's the thing. That's what made the product so great ten years ago. Because ten years ago, everyone wanted to come to the league. Why? Look at the look at the teams we had. Mm-hmm. You had Suarez, Messi. You had Neymar, Ronaldo, Bale, Benzema. You had Modric. You had even Atletico Madrid. When I see, you had Griezmann. You had um, you saw Torres. You had um, this is like a while back. To you had Falcao. You had like the the st- like the product was good. Mm-hmm. You, you feel me? Now the product is shit. Yeah, no, I feel that, and and it, it it does seem like a lot of players, like even with the whole Ansu Fati situation, which, for those of you who don't know, his dad was basically up in arms and saying like, yeah, uh, I'm pissed stuff. off that my my boy doesn't get to play. Yeah, he, right. He, he basically came out and said like, I remember the quote exactly. He said like, um, 
Ants Fatty is Barca's number 10. He should be playing more. He also said, like, Vinicius was basically, like, heckled and abused for, like, two years until by Madrid fans until he actually started to become good. Um, basically, like, he doesn't understand why Fatty doesn't play a lot, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'll let you finish your point. I'll have my opinion after. Yeah, but then, I mean, like, my, my only point is that basically he wants him to move. He wants him to leave. He wants him to go to a, uh, uh, a team like Man City, right? Like, mm-hmm. or, or any Premier League team, really, yeah. that will allow him to, like, actually play. True. And then mentioned he, he basically said, if it was up to me, I would leave Barca tomorrow. But he does it by fab. But my son keeps telling me he wants to stay. Exactly. So then that's what happened. He yeah. basically came out and said, you know what? Honestly, like, with all due respect, I, I'm not my father. I don't believe that. I want to stay at Barca. Yeah, but these calls don't Because the thing is, right, is that Fatih was already getting enough pressure on his shoulders. Because first of all, he's a, he's a La Masia product. He's a Barca product. I don't know why they gave him the number 10. They gave him the number 10 that was worn by Lionel Messi. Mm. They gave him that number... So, like, there's already pressure on him regardless because he's been underperforming. Now his father comes out because, even, okay, yesterday when we played Elche, yeah, Fatih ended up scoring a goal. But at the end of the first half, I was on Twitter, and this was still, it was still um, I think, 1-0 at the time. Um, I go on Twitter, and then all these Barca pages are basically like, oh, Ansu Fatih stats in the first half, I was dispossessed nine times, six, uh, successful dribbles, none, blah, blah, blah. They're basically out here, like, basically, like, looking at every single minute thing of his game because basically... There's even more pressure on him now because of his father's quotes. Now, he came out and he scored yesterday. And it was a really nice goal as well. That's like vintage Fatty. That's what he does. He's, he's a very great finisher. But I think it's a confidence issue because apparently physically he's back to what he was before, like all his injuries. Like physically he's good. I think it's just a confidence thing because... And that's what Chavi said too, right? He said that yeah. in practice he's doing well. He, he, yeah. he's, he's basically giving it his all. He's a very skillful player. But his dad needs to understand he's going out. He's like bitching all this thing. Bro, you need to realize I've been watching Fatty. The thing is, is that... It's not like he hasn't had opportunities. He's had opportunities. He's played, like, games where he's played, like, 60, 70 minutes. He's had games where, like, he's had opportunities to put a mark in that, but, but he's not. Like, that. that's the thing. Like, he's not. Like, if he, if he wasn't, Chavi wasn't playing him, I'd say. But, like, Fatty's not basically proving himself that he's just not. Like, for example, since he scored last game, now the next game against Madrid in the, in the Copa, between him and Ferran Torres, I mean, I'd start. I'd probably start Fatty. But yeah, you could based on that. Okay, he scored. He showed his worth. Whatever. You could probably start Fatty. But the thing is, you can't just start him on like blind faith. At the end of the day, bro, it's a, it's a results based business. But we need of results. Of course, and no, Chavi has to have confidence to start you against yeah. a team like Real Madrid, right? So um, I was online reading about uh, what Barcelona would need to do in order to bring Messi in. And I don't know, maybe you have a better insight on this, but people are saying that they need to like at le- get rid of at least about 150 million euros in cap space in order to allow them in. So w- would getting rid of a player like Fati actually be in the favor of Barcelona? Getting ri- well, we need, to, well, yo, we need to sell, we need to sell one of either Fati or Ferran Torres. Maybe even both. Now I hope it's not both because I would want to keep Fatty. For me, I would I'd sell Ferran Torres. Like that, that's, I would pay you to take him off my hands. No. <laughs> I would sell him. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I don't know if 150 million is actually like just for because you can also get that from like deferred wages. Also, you can make that money up from like sponsorship deals, blah blah. Because already getting Messi itself makes you a shit ton of money. Yeah. Already. True. So Jersey like. Sales alone. Like, I don't know how they would work it out financially, but I trust, like, the uh, Matteo Almani, the, 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 um, the base, like, uh, what those, like, officials are? The guy who takes care of the transfer shit, Matteo Almani, he's the director of football, and then the president, Laporta. Like, I trust what they're doing. Okay. Like, I, tr- I trust what they do. Like, I don't have a reason to not trust them. So, like, if they, if they think it's possible, then I trust them mm. at the end of the day, because Laporta actually loves Barca. He's not going to do shit to. Mm-hmm. 
fuck us over, essentially. Fair enough. And uh, obviously, at the time of recording this, well, I mean, it's not super obvious, but at the time of recording this podcast, uh, PSG had just finished playing uh, Lyon. Yeah, they lost. Uh, and they lost 1-0 at home. And this is apparently their second loss in a row at home. Um, Messi's gone. I feel like gone, I feel like gone. that that project is kind of coming to an end. It's fucked. It's fucked. There's yeah. there's no way that I can imagine because obviously PSG would be looking to sign an extension with Messi, right? Yeah. Whether course. or not they're mm-hmm. going to be successful was I think really related to the success of this year, and because it has been such an unsuccessful yeah, year no, no, no. for PSG, I feel like Messi's like natural. Uh, inclination would be a return to Barca. I think the MLS rumors are crap. No, no, he's... Uh, the rumors apparently are saying that he doesn't want to leave Europe. He wants to... It's either he goes to PSG, he stays PSG or goes to Barca. He's not going anywhere else in Europe and he's not leaving Europe. He's not He's not at the stage of his career where leaving Europe would make sense because mm-hmm. he's still an amazing player. He still deserves to play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so... I don't know. You need to keep in mind as well, his wife and his kids have a play a big part in that decision because apparently the rumors are his wife, like is like he she wants to come back to Barca. Yeah. Every every opportunity they get, they go to Barca to see their old friends and go to like house. Like they they trust me, they probably want to go back to Barca. Yeah, that's as well. all. Like they they've been to, Messi and his girl have been together since you know the, like the dinosaurs. So yeah, um, they they, they, they grew up in that 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 environment. They grew up playing for that team, idolizing that team, and just loving to like be successful with that team. And obviously Barcelona has, to their credit, has been able to find success, uh, this year especially playing without Messi and I'm just imagining what Messi could do for that team in terms of their success. I feel like they could definitely we, build on it. We get him back. We're cooking, bro. We are going to cook. Yeah. Um, we get him back. We're cooking. And I think that also speaks to uh, like a lot of people have accused Messi in the past of being kind of the system player. No. Um, he's been relatively unsuccessful at PSG, but I think in my opinion, I think that that has been more uh, a statement as to the ownership PSG and their lack of their ability to create a good team rather than Messi's inability to play on a different team that is not Barcelona or even Argentina for that matter. Doug, this is such a stupid... F- I don't even know how to explain this shit. Bro, people keep saying that like Messi uh, needs Barca or whatever. Bro, at the end of the day, every player needs a team that's based around his abilities and his talents. Ronaldo was not out here cooking teams, carrying a shit Madrid team that weren't basically um, centered around him at all. Exactly, bro. You need the good pieces. You need the team to be centered around you. Why? You're the best player. You command that respect and shit. PSG's team is not centered around what Messi could do best. And that's why they're failing. At the end of the day, look at Argentina. Argentina have a team where Messi has a free role and they have runners who do the defensive uh, they do the defensive job for him and they have attackers who make movement for him so he can have space to basically cr- create. And that's how they were able to win the World Cup. PSG don't have that. PSG do not have that. Like that's the thing. How do you can't expect Messi to track back, do this, do all these things. First of all, that's never been his thing. First of all, you don't need to like bro, you you need to build a system around Messi. Don't ask questions. It's fucking Messi. He's the best player in history. You don't ask questions. Just build the team around him. At the end of the day, you build the team around him in Barca. What did that get you? All the shit Barca won over the last few years. You build a team around uh, Messi and Argentina. What happens? World Cup. Like you. At the end of the day, but it's not it's not rocket science. And I agree. And I think we we had mentioned this in the past, and it's it's really evident, especially this year, that the ownership on PSG is just doesn't know how to create a team. No. And at the end of the day, you're right. If you have the one of the greatest, or even you know, obviously, arguably not. Well, not super arguably, he is probably the greatest of not all probably. time. No, also not probably. He is the greatest. <laughs> all right. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, you, you build the team around him. So for people that say he's a system player, mm. it's like yeah, because the system was built for him. 
So because he is who he is, he is Messi. He is the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And so just like you have exactly, just like you have in Real uh, Madrid back when in, in Cristiano Ronaldo's time, you have that in Barcelona where yes, you build pieces that will support Messi's uh, style of play. Mm-hmm. Now Messi's style of play um, is is um, very unique. Mm-hmm. In, in, oh, that's in, the thing because Messi's just. You can't really define Messi to one position. He can pretty much do anything. You can um, he play makes for you. You can score goals. You can dribble. You can do anything. You can't. You just need basically the way you build around Messi is get him attackers who can finish. Get him like at least a, a good attacker who can finish, and get him midfielders that can that can make up for his lack of defensive work. And then that's it. That's all you need to build around Messi. It's not really that hard. And the PSG don't have that. PSG don't have a midfield that covers up for the defensive flaws. And PSG also, if you look at their from the attacking sense, Messi today I saw this earlier. Messi created five chances. He created he created five chances today. The rest of the PSG team combined created five chances, basically. So Messi is creating stuff like that, but he's, they're not getting finished. And obviously, that's not Mbappe's fault because Mbappe's amazing. But the thing is, like, it's obviously you can't blame his Messi. Messi's doing what he can, but at the end of the day, it's not working. But there's a reason for that. It's not that Messi because back then it was oh Messi needs Barca. And he shit with Argentina because uh blah blah he he's a system player at Barca. Then when he wins with Argentina, oh he's a system player with Argentina, bro. Make up your fucking mind the other day, bro. Messi's just he's good, he's amazing. He's a very amazing player. Get his nuts out your mouth. He's, he's uh, an all-time player, and I think I would like to leave this topic with this last question, okay? Yeah. And I know how you feel, but why will there never be another player like Lionel Messi? Because you're never gonna get another player who's. I don't even think it's argu- I mean maybe you can make an argument you're not gonna get a player who's arguably the best playmaker in history and someone who pretty much um, has the second most goals does he have the second no he has the third most goals in history behind what Pele and Ronaldo and also his goals to game ratio is better than Ronaldo like basically you're not gonna get a player who's an all time goal scorer and pretty much probably the best playmaker of all time Who's gonna win seven battle dolls, all that shit all that shit wrapped into one player no you're never gonna get that and now for me the thing is what I say is that Although I think it's ninety nine point nine percent not gonna happen, you can you can find another Ronaldo. It's and it's probably impossible, but you can find one because you look at a, someone like um, like someone who could just a good dribbler can score a lot of goals, or whatever. Yeah, you can find maybe another Ronaldo. It's insanely like hard. Probably like I said, ninety nine point nine percent sure it's never gonna happen because it's Ronaldo and Messi are two best of all time. You're never gonna find players like them. But I think it's impossible hundred percent to find another Messi. I don't think it's impossible to find another Ronaldo. I just think it's insanely, it will be insanely difficult. But I don't think it's impossible. Whereas Messi, no, you're never gonna replace Messi. Yeah, and I think obviously the debate between Ronaldo and Messi has been fun to have and has led to a, like a lot of like emotional distress for a lot it. of people. I miss it. But I think that once these two uh, like respective like uh, like sensational players retire, I think that um, a lot of people are going to look back and have regrets as to why they were comparing versus why they didn't just appreciate the greatness that they were witnessing because those two created a, a generation of just absolute created insane generation. Football. They create a generation of dick riders, man. Me among them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's okay, bro. I'm a dick rider. Um, pause. Uh, anyway, uh, so we would like to end off this podcast discussing. I wouldn't say they're hot takes, but just questions yeah, that we've kind of been reading online, and we want to online also just like yeah, like our stuff opinions we've come up with. Yeah, kind of because I think they're relevant to the situations today. Now, right. the first one I would like to ask you, as a Liverpool fan. What do you think about Klopp? Should Klopp be under m- fire? Should, do you think there should be questions about his future? What do you think sh- like about Klopp overall? Like, where, where do you stand on it? Um, so, me and you were actually just reading a stat today that 
apparently this season, not apparently, this season, mm. the the number of Premier League managers that have been sacked has been the greatest ever. So it's 12 Premier League managers have been sacked this season. Well, Chelsea has two of those, <laughs> right? Um, and it really speaks to kind of the change in the, 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 the dynamics of the Premier League this season and how crazy it's been. Mm. Um, and people have called for a lot, not... I don't think this is the majority, but a lot of people have called for, for Klopp to be sacked. They've called it the seven-year curse. You know, uh, it was with Dortmund. Uh, mm. he, he, had, he played seven seasons, and, and uh, it, like the, on the seventh season, he was like... He had them in the... You know, Dortmund, he had them before he left. He had them in the relega- in relegation, but it was mid-October, and he had them in, like I think, 19th. Yeah. Or 18th. No, there's only 18 teams in the Bundesliga. But right. yeah, he had them in so, relegation. So he ha- he's built a little bit of this reputation. They call it the seven-year curse. Or seven season curse, but uh, and obviously this is his seventh season at Liverpool, which is why that kind of has come full circle in a way. Mm. Um, but I think that sock- sacking uh, Klopp would be like maybe the dumbest decision that Liverpool owners could ever make, mm. because they have not helped Klopp in the slightest build a team that could even compete. For uh, a a a uh, uh, like a Premier League title this season or anything this season mm. I'm talking about this season right obviously seasons in the past last season we were like what one point off of like uh, look um, winning the Premier League title yeah and also right. a, a three four years ago in 2019 you're also a point off from Man City yeah right so yeah. I just think that like uh, the owners have not done a a service for Klopp. We've, we've been given a lot of really strong attackers. We have been given a, r- a lot of really strong defenders, and, and mm-hmm. we, right? But I think that, like, they kind of got really comfortable and stuck in their ways, and they haven't really been um, adjusting for, you know, year to year um, with, with our, our players. Yeah, right? they need to get the finger out their ass. They need to get the finger out their ass. And I think I read this also. Um, somebody said Klopp would be the greatest manager of all time if given, like, Man City level of money, for example. What do you think about that? No. No. He wouldn't be the greatest manager of all time. I, th- I think he'd win, he would have won more. Yeah, he would have won more Premier Leagues, and he would have probably won, um, would probably won, like, probably one or two. Like, he probably, he would have won more trophies, for sure. But, no, best of all time. No, the best of all time is still uh, Ferguson. Mourinho. Uh, Mar- Mourinho's top five, but, no, best ever is, is Ferguson. Fair enough. Yeah, I, think I mean, Pep, I, I think, think Pep Guardiola I, yeah. to me is second. Really? Yeah, that's fair. I think. Listen, I I completely agree. Obviously, money would help any manager. You know, uh, this obviously I don't want to discredit uh, Eddie Howe, but like you know, uh, you can see what he's been able to do with you a know, decent amount of back again. Decent, you know, but I um, I disagree with you though on one thing is that yeah, Klopp doesn't have the resources now to win a Champions League or Premier League title, but he also has resources to not be as shit as they've been this year. <laughs> I agree. That, that's I agree. where I would put some blame on him. Now, granted, no, dude, that would be... Like, I would sell the whole team rather than sack Klopp. For me, what Liverpool need to do is just reinvest. And I think Klopp can get the wheel working again of reinvesting. He just needs he just needs a couple more players. And, like, he, he still has it, bro. Klopp is not, like... He don't go from damn near winning a quadruple last year to being this shit just because he... No, no, no. He needs some backing, but... Liverpool should not be this bad this year, is my point. I agree. I agree. So I, I don't think that criticism. the pieces that we have justify that. I think that you could definitely say that a lot, like, several of his, like, like for example, lineup choices, some of his formation, the fact that he's kind of really been stuck in his ways and ways in terms of formation have mm-hmm. really um, been um, frustrating to watch, especially because you feel like you're, you're not winning, so change it up kind of thing, right? Mm. Um, but... 
Yeah. I don't know. I think, but I, obviously, like there, there, there could be ways that we could back uh, Klopp up, and I don't think that again, I don't think sacking him is is a, the right thing to do because who, who would you even uh, like? Nah, no one. No, I would not get anyone else that not Klopp. Right? You, you keep Klopp. You, yeah. you keep Klopp. Now going on, speaking of managers and sackings, actually, this leads on to the second question. Yeah. So. Would you consider Mudrick so far to be a flop? Now, well, I would like to answer this first. 100%. 100%. Now, I know some people were basically saying, that, like, okay, but under, like, maybe now they'll get a new manager, he can, he can flourish. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Mudrick to me has been flop. First of all, he, because you were, oh shit, my point is, they paid 72, Arsenal paid 72 million for Pepe a few years ago. And after literally a month, they were crucifying him, they were on his ass. Saying he's a flop, this, this, and that. And Pepe had way better output than uh, Mudrik. Mudrik, for the money they paid for him, for his output, for where they are in the league, yes, 100%, he's been a flop. Now, granted, does that mean he can't get better under New Magic? Yeah, he can get better. But to me, Mudrik has been a flop. He's been shit. Terrible. Considering as well that we almost got him and got Mudrik instead, and not, not got, got Trostar instead Trostar, of him, yeah. for 27 mil, we paid th- pretty much 60 to 70 million less than what they paid for Mudrik. He's had seven assists in six games. He's had basically, basically he's a uh, Mudrik. Not much fuck. Trussard's been amazing for us, and we almost got Mudrik. But to me, yeah, no, hundred percent flop of the season, probably. Yeah, and I think obviously has like, to be. Chelsea's been like the designated banter club of the season for for uh, justifiably so. Um, but um, Mudrik, like obviously, like you like to give a player time. You like to say that. Uh, um, like players just kind of need to get used to the system, get need to get mm. used to the manager, what have you. Need to get used to playing in the Premier League. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That's a really big one that a lot of people forget. Mm-hmm. However, however, mm. I think that my grandma, right, my teta back in Lebanon, this this close in front of the the, the net, could have done a better job kicking the ball. Yeah, that shit was. Then brother brother passed it to the goalie. Brother said, oh, I feel bad. But you know bro. the worst part is he was through on goal, and he he low-key shot the ball when he was like, he was in the box, but he like he had just barely crossed the line into the box, and he shot, and it was such a low, tame that shot. And I'm like, That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't, like, okay, if you don't score that, like, it's still like you should score that. But damn, like, why? Like, the shot itself was just so ass. Even, even yesterday, did you see there was another one? He was in front of the net. Well, he shot. The shot was shit. He should have scored it from there. But even then, Havertz was right next to him. He could have just squared it to Havertz, and Havertz could have just scored an open tap-in, and he didn't. Like, bro, not Mudrik to me. He's, he's shit. Bro, he's so shit. They were celebrating him getting one assist against Leicester, and the assist was such a shit. It was literally just him heading the ball. No, but I feel, I feel that, though, because, because I, like, obviously, because I know that Liverpool's been shit this season, too. Like, there's yeah. there's small things that you kind of hang on to in terms of, like, like being happy about, you know? Because yeah. there's nothing, there's not a lot of things to be happy about. Like, when, when Liverpool beat Man United 7-0... Obviously, on the score, like on like the like the Premier League table, it's like mm. it doesn't do much for you as a team. You're sitting at sixth, right? Mm. But it's a win. A win is like you you it's you just something you got to hold mm. on to because you're happy with Chelsea, yeah. bro. Like, you know, I don't know, bro. Like they're happy if Mudrik runs, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. The it's like Liverpool fans back in the the, the show was pissed me off. They used to celebrate the shit talking about Van Dyke has been dribbled past once in the Premier League this season. Yeah. Trying to use that all-time defender debate. Like, man, you don't shut your bitch ass up. Nah. Nah, nah. Some people just use stupid stats to justify shit. Like, I'm telling you, with Mudrick, man, it's like, I'm, I, I get it. The situation he came into was difficult because new manager, the amount of money they spent, it was it's a dysfunctional team. I will give him that. But granted, bro, he should not be this shit. Agreed. Agreed. He Obviously, should not be this shit. Um, and for the price they paid for him, for the that's that's the big deal. The that's price the big they deal because you, you're 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 putting big money for 
um, for a player yeah. that you don't even know if they're they're not permanently yeah. tested. Like Anthony, Ant, well Anthony, I'm at United, rightfully so, has been cursed, has been called shit. But at least he scored and he scored against Arsenal. He scored against Man City. He scored in somewhat big games. Anthony, even though I think he's been shit too for the price they paid, but they're giving him smoke. They should give Mudrik more smoke because yeah. Mudrik hasn't even done. Anthony in his first. Anthony, his first um, three games in the Premier League, I think scored twice. He scored against the he did score he scored against Liverpool and he scored against Arsenal. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I know for a fact he scored against Arsenal. But I think he scored against Liverpool too. So like, there's no such thing as yeah, like he has to be Premier League proven. Yeah, he's new to the league, but still, bro, you can't be this ass. It's true, but uh, you know, I think I think Chelsea has a lot to, like a lot of things to look forward to, right? You you give him a good a, a yeah, solid man. manager solid plus man. a solid nine. And I think that Chelsea has a, a, a lot to look forward to next year. I don't know. Manager, yeah. But Chelsea still, there's so much that needs, uh, needs to get resolved. But their squad is too bloated. They have a bloated squad. They need to sell. They need to, like, I don't know, man. I don't envy the new Chelsea manager yeah. at all because there's a lot she's going to have to clean. There's going to be, a, it's, it's, it's going to be a bit of a project for sure. But it's nothing like you you, you could imagine seeing it with the Spurs, you know? Like, you know, I, yeah, so, I mean, being a Spurs fan, I'd, uh, yeah, I, I'd go, like, into hiding, to be fair. Um, but going speaking of Anthony, we were talking about that. Going back, this is like the final question that we could talk about for today. Do you think Man United have improved this year under Tenag? Now, I bring this question up for pretty much uh, two reasons. One is because Ten Hag with a better team than, for example, um, Ole had. He has a better. He had a better team than Ole. And also for the fact that they lost today to Newcastle, and they've been on a kind of spree recently. Since pretty much they won the Cup against Newcastle, since they won the Carabao Cup, they've been kind of meh, to be honest. So I ask that question for those reasons. Now, if I'm going to go for my opinion, I think because the whole Ali thing, the reason why I bring that up is because some people have brought that up. Now, I think that's a stupid thing because under Ali, yeah, they were winning. Probably they were, they had like, uh, they finished second in the league. They didn't make like the cup final, but they all, they, they made the Europa League final, whatever. But they only made the final if they lost. And also, under all I remember, they were playing such shit football, like defensive football. They had Maguire, all that. So like, for me, I think that uh, opinion is stupid because they can still finish on less points, whatever. Yeah, but I still think he's, he's, he's done better than what I thought he would. Granted, I don't think he's done as great as what people hype him up to have yeah. done. Because, like I pointed out earlier, they only have a plus four goal difference, and we're in April. They're fourth in the league. They're on 50 points. Like they haven't been like, wow, the team he has is decent. That's the thing. Like Him losing 7-0 to, him losing 7-0 to Liverpool, 4-0 to Brentford, to Brighton, even the game today. Like, there's some losses that like are, are inexcusable. They're, he should have been doing better. But granted, I think he has done a bit better than what I thought he would. But basically, I think he's been overhyped. But granted, I, I've seen some people say, like, oh, we're all, all they did better with a worse team. Like, I have seen some people say that. I'm like, I think that's just stupid. I think it's stupid. I think that the, you, you can't – I think it's really hard to argue that Ten Hag hasn't made this team better. He's right? made them better, he's yes. He's made them better. And I can imagine that if you give him a full – like, another full summer of, of transfers, of influence mm -hmm. on the team, mm -hmm. he's really going to be able to put a stamp on what kind of players he wants to see in his team. Mm. And that'll give Man United an even better look next year. Obviously, if you're, this is n not even considering if, Man if the Glazers end up selling the team, which e could even make the team scarier, mm. right? I think that as a Man United fan, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Ten Hag is a better coach. He's the best coach they've had since Ferguson. Yeah. Well, we're going to go based on reputation, it's Mourinho. But based on like what I think is best for the team right now, style of play, like that, I think he's the best coach that they could, they've had since Ferguson. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um, I think that they, they, they comfortably make Champions League qualifications. 
Um, I wouldn't say com- I think they make. I don't think comfortably. Well, actually, honestly, I keep forgetting, and this is actually a big deal because I've always been under the impression that that if if Man United didn't sign Casemiro when they did, uh, they would be like basically like I think if they didn't sign Casemiro, they'd Chelsea be Chelsea level of banter. Like no, no, I don't think they'd be. I don't think they'd be that bad. But I think if they didn't sign Casemiro, they'd be like sixth. They'd be. They'd I be. Uh, they'd be they would I, not I be. A, be like they would sixth. not be a good club. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. And the thing is that I think I keep forgetting, which is very important. Casemiro is out for another three games. That's a four-game suspension. Again? Uh, it was a four-game suspension. I'm so that means what games? Because if, if we look at the remaining schedule, they have. I remember I looked at the remaining schedule, and it's not that difficult on paper. Like let me let me check hold up. So the remaining schedule. So they don't have Casemiro for Brentford, Everton, and Nottingham Forest. And I think Brentford is that a home game. Yeah, Brentford would be at home, Everton's at home, and Forest away. Now, I will say this. Brentford and Everton at home, I think, even regardless of the on-customer, I think they should win those because they're at home. Brentford is good, but they should still be able to win. Everton are shit. But granted, Everton Everton and and Nottingham Forest are are tricky. The reason why is because they are fighting relegation, especially Nottingham Forest. um, What's his name? They're going to be fighting relegation, and it's going to be a home game. And plus, Nottingham Forest were able to get, take points off Man City. They they finished one one against Man City a month or two ago. So those games will be difficult, especially the Nottingham Forest one. But I think Man United should still be able to collect. I think they should I, at least get two wins out of those three. Not I think good. the one banana skin could be Nottingham Forest. But after that, with him coming back, they still have Chelsea. They have Spurs. They have Villa, Brighton, West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth, Fulham. Now, Bournemouth, Wolves, West Ham. I think those are difficult, basically, just because those are teams fighting relegation. Now, at that point in the season, who knows? Maybe, um, especially teams like Bournemouth, maybe their fate will be already sealed because those those three games are going to be at pretty much the last. Uh, those are going to be the last three out of the last four games are going to be West Ham, Wolves, and Bournemouth. So, Man United should still make top four. I think based on the schedule they got, they should still make top four. But it's not as comfortable. Like I thought a month or two ago, comfortably they were going to finish third. Yeah. But I didn't even realize the race between them and Newcastle was as tight as it was. I don't know why. It wasn't. No, no. It wasn't for a bit, but like Newcastle have won and may not have, like I told you, trailed off. Since they won the Carabao Cup against Newcastle, they've mm-hmm. kind of trailed off a bit. Yeah. But even if they don't make um, top four, which I'd be astounded by, um, I still think May Knight are going to win the Europa League. I think May Knight still win the Europa League. Because Barca and Arsenal, the two teams I thought one of them were going to win it, are out. So, besides that, who do they still have left in the Europa League that could challenge them? Probably Juventus, I think. They have Juventus. They got... Um, that's probably... Yeah, yeah, Juventus. I think Atletico... No, Atletico Madrid aren't even in the Europa League. No, no. So, yeah, Juventus is pretty much the only team I could see maybe. But, like, that's a... They play Sevilla in the quarterfinals. But, like, I think they win because Sevilla and the... They've been shit this year in the, in the league. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, I think to conclude, I think they have gone better under Ten Hag. Granted, I just think he's been a bit overrated. A bit overrated. I think that he's he's definitely like slowly starting to put his imprint on the team. And I think that like again, Man United is looking to be quite a scary team. That's just my prediction, obviously. Um, that uh, you guys have a lot to look to, to look forward to in the next mm-hmm. next season. I think they will. I don't think they'll fully be a threat until they sell their club, though. I think if the Glazers still are the um, are in charge of the club, I don't see them doing anything. No, and I I don't see that either. I think um, if they sell and they go to the 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 Cotteres, yeah, I think that's when I get scared. But until they they could sign, I don't I don't give a shit who they sign. They could sign Mbappe for all I care. If they still have the Glazers, they're not um, they're not doing anything. Yeah, I don't think so. 
Very so. true. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like the, the, what we wanted to wrap up on yeah. for today. Yeah. Um, so obviously you guys are more than welcome to share your opinions on some of the questions we talked about today. Uh, we obviously gave our Premier League roundup. We talked a little bit about Barcelona, uh, a little bit about Messi, and then some mm-hmm. of the things that we've been noticing around the Premier League. So you guys are fe- uh, feel free, of yes. course, to comment on our YouTube mm-hmm. uh, and, our and let us know your opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to share some hot takes with us, you can definitely feel free to do that. And maybe you'll be included in one of our future videos. Yeah, link us some hot takes in the comments on our TikToks. Check out TikTok. Check out our Twitter. Check out our uh, Instagram. Check out all that. Link us some hot takes. We yeah, can talk we're, about. we're more. I feel like we're most active on Twitter and TikTok. So Twitter if you guys TikTok, are looking yeah, for, for content and for for a good laugh, definitely follow us on those. Those will be linked in the description below. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to leave everyone with a final remark. Um, and you can obviously tell me what you think. Um, you can't spell Chelsea without L. Mm. Um, no, I think you ended it off perfectly. Yep. All right, guys. <laughs> Take care. Like, Peace. follow, subscribe, do your thing. And we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Peace.